Here we go again, another one with a thief. And when I talk to him, all that he wants to know is where is the beef? It's a Sif Rayhan on this interview going Super Saiyan. Speaking of which, he's off to Japan. But first things first, hit the gym and get a ton. It's not once, but twice. The people working at the restaurants, two different restaurants, mind you, walked out of the restaurant. One was like on the third floor, like went all the way down to the ground floor and walked me two and a half blocks to the train station. <laughs> Welcome to the Friend with Benefits podcast, episode 22 with Asif Rehan. Welcome to the Friend with Benefits podcast, helping bachelors adjust to life in the real world. Now your host, Stephen Friend. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Friend with Benefits podcast, the show designed to help you answer the question, what am I doing with my life? Unfortunately, this episode today will not help you do that. It may help you travel a little bit better because today I'm bringing on one of my good friends, Asif Rehan. Now this guy is probably one of the most well-traveled people I know. He has been or will have been to just about every region of the world, places like Japan, India, uh, <laughs> I was going to say Tokyo, but that's also Japan. Um but anyway, he's also going to Africa, I believe, later this year. And he's got a zest for life that may only be rivaled by people like Russell Brand and Bobby Pankis from Colorado Springs Volkswagen, if you've seen the commercials. And he comes on to share some of his travel stories, particularly, I think, India and Brazil. And if you want to hear more of them, please find him on social media, at Asif Rehan. He likes to chat with new people. He likes to meet new people because he's a couch surfer. Um, he also likes salsa dancing. And... Uh, so go hit him up if you want to go dance. A couple things about this episode in particular. Um, some technical issues with recording software. Trying to find recording software that would work with this new computer of mine was a little bit tough. And there are, as a pause on one of the stories he's telling. You also notice that this was recorded in a coffee shop as evidenced by the noise in the background. So you'll hear some languages that may or may not be English. But anyway, here's a Steve Rehan with a brief chat on travel. Hope you enjoy. Hey, man. Great to be here. We've been wanting to do this for a while. I'm excited. Yeah, no, I'm glad to have you. We've, you've been a lot of cool places, and I think you have a, some good perspectives on what to do in these places that most people won't have. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> All right, so you've been to a lot of cool places. What's your favorite destination you've been so far oh man you know people always ask that that's like a natural question to go to but it's just so hard to answer there's just so many cool great amazing different things about everywhere mm-hmm. gotta say the most beautiful place i've ever been is definitely the islands of croatia the most delicious place i've ever been is japan <laughs> The most different place I've ever been would be uh, Bangladesh, where my parents are from, and India. So take your pick. Okay. And I remember you said you went to um, you went to India. Was it la- this year or last year? It was early this year. And um, I know you had some sketchy experiences there with. <laughs> it's not a good trip if there aren't sketchy experiences. <laughs> 
You had some sketchy experiences um, ordering uh, the beverages, the alcohol. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was uh, really interesting, actually. So my trip was Bangladesh, see some family real quick, then Thailand, and then over to India. And one of the places I was in in India is Jaipur, which um, that's the name of the city and like the state it's in. I believe neighbors Pakistan, and it's like kind of a dry state. And there's um, from my readings that I found out after being there, there's not supposed to be alcohol there, and it's a dry state, which uh, was kind of a bummer. And I'm at my hostel. We're at the rooftop bar just hanging out, not like bar, rooftop restaurant, hanging out one night. And I look over, and I'm like, that guy looks like he's drinking a Corona. <laughs> I'm not really sure, so I point to my friend, I'm like, is that a Corona over there? Like, what's going on? And then as I'm watching, other table, couple down, looks like, not a Corona, but that's got to be a beer. Or just a drink that's made to look like a beer. Right. And she was telling me, like, just ask, just ask for it, see what happens. And both of us know it's a dry place. And <laughs> finally, I ended up asking my waiter when he came over. I ordered food. And I was like, oh yeah, and then can I have um, whatever? I forget the name. Kingfisher. Kingfisher is an Indian beer. I was like, oh, and then I'll have a Kingfisher too. And he looks at me. And he looks back towards like the kitchen. <laughs> and he looks over at me again. He's like clearly uncomfortable, and I'm pretending I have no idea that I've done anything abnormal, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever, just Kingfisher. And he walks away, and like, <laughs> okay, I guess I don't get whatever Kingfisher like, whatever. He didn't say anything. They didn't speak English that well. And he comes back and he goes, alright, if you want Kingfisher, it's gonna be this much money. Like, okay. Paid in the bill and kind of thing. Like, why are you telling me? He's like, no, no, you have to pay now. So you actually get to live through prohibition in another country. In another country. <laughs> That's awesome. I also remember you saying at one point that you had been to Brazil and you stayed in like a hut or something. Actually, <laughs> talk about. <laughs> You're remembering all my sketchy experiences from travel. I swear it's not all like this. Yeah. Um. No, Brazil was. Unbelievable! It was an incredible place and time to be there. I've always been um, a soccer fan, and like I just grew up watching the World Cup, like on the TV on, during the summers with the whole family and friends and stuff. So I've always wanted to and planned to eventually go to the World Cup. And it was in Brazil during the summer after I graduated college. It just all lined up. It was perfect, so I had to go. And I go down to Brazil, and where am I going to stay? The World Cup, the whole world is there, everyone's there. The prices are astronomical. So I found, I don't even remember how, this little hostel of sorts, but they were like listed very sketchy online, and getting the directions were all sorts of weird, and asking just locals around, and taxi drivers, no one could really find it. Eventually I get there, you open this gate, you go behind some other building, you climb these stairs, and you're finally at the hostel. But once you're at the hostel, it's actually really cool. There's multicolored steps, like every stair was a different color. You had this big mural, and the rooms themselves were terrible. But <laughs> the common areas were kind of cool. And it's all about the people. When you stay in the hostels and you travel, it's all about the people. So the accommodations may be uh, lacking, but the experience was definitely not. Were you sleeping in a hammock? 
I, that might have been a step up. It was mattresses with plastic around it, <laughs> and then your sheet. Every time you roll over at all, you just wake everyone else up in the room. <laughs> nice. Actually, can you just talk about um, for a minute your whole because uh, you you went a lot of places over sixty days. I know you kind of yeah. you were kind of saving up for for a while, and you went like basically across all continents. Um, a few, not all, but. Yeah, so travel was something I hadn't really done a whole lot of until after graduating from college. And I started saving up my freshman year just all into this fun because I wanted to jump and I wanted to have this experience and not be stopped by something like finance. And just like month over month, slowly, slowly. When people tell you, oh, I wish I could travel, you want to. If you make it a priority, no matter how little you're putting into it, you can definitely do it. So I start off, uh, we both graduated from uh, Colorado, I don't know if you mentioned that earlier, and uh, so I did a road trip back with my sister and a friend of mine, Colorado, stopped in uh, Omaha for a little while, and then Chicago, place I've never been, back to New York, just road tripping. And from New York, I went down to Brazil, specifically Rio, I was in Rio for a while, saw a couple, went to two World Cup matches, again, unreal, great experience. From there, I hopped over to Berlin in Germany. Spent some time there. Berlin was pretty cool. And uh, finally went back to my level of accommodation that I'm used to in comfort and cleanliness. So I went to Berlin, hopped down to Prague, which is probably my favorite city that I've been to outside of New York, the New York City, which is where I'm from. Greatest city I'm so Prague was amazing. Best beer. People think about German beer all the time, but Czech beer, way better. That's where from the, there, that's where the Pilsner's that? from, right? That's where the Pilsner's from, right? Um, there's like a town, there's like a city in Eastern Czech Republic. It's called a. Uh, it's not Pilsner, but it's like Pilsen or something. Oh. I, I, I can't remember what's called, but there's. I think that's where it comes from. But anyway. That, I'm lacking in my beer history. <laughs> uh, Prague was awesome. Went over to Vienna, then down to Florence, Rome, and over to Split in Croatia, and then sailed around the islands of Croatia for a while, a couple different islands, and then went over to uh, Bangladesh. Nice. So, not all the continents, but hit North America, South America, <laughs> Europe, and Asia, all in the span of 60 days, so that was pretty sweet. That was a great experience, I'll never forget that. Nice. Did you, was this like all flying, or did you sail from Greece to Bangladesh? No. Yeah, it was all flying between countries. Still away on a ship or something? Hey, uh, that's an idea for next time. Okay. I'll give you more of a, I'll give you more of a story. Maybe there's like, yeah, exactly. like an Airbnb on a ship you could stay on. That'd be awesome. You know, there's an idea for a company right there. Let's <laughs> talk about this in offline. Okay. <laughs> Did you go to, and you went to Japan later on then, you got to go to the, the Far East later on. Yeah, yeah. So I had been to China, uh, Beijing specifically, just for a week, um, senior year, spring break, and so doing the whole spring break thing, I found tickets that were cheaper than expected, so I just flew over to Beijing for a while. <laughs> uh, so I'd been nice. there during college, nice. and, and I went over to Japan. Uh, because I had a friend that was stationed there and was uh, finally leaving that summer. So. 
had to go over while uh, still had a free place to stay. Exactly. Yeah. And went to Thailand earlier this year, and uh, India, not far east, but still Asian continent. Yeah, yeah. And where are you planning on going to uh, to next? I know you are you playing an Africa trip still, or? Yeah. So. A bunch of these trips recently have kind of been unexpected to myself. So my best friend was studying in Thailand for a little while. She went and got her master's in Thailand. So I was like, well, I got to go to Thailand, and that wasn't on my list. And I told you about Japan. I had a friend that was leaving Japan. I was like, all right, I got to go now. But Africa has been the top of my list for so long, and things just keep popping up, which is not bad, man. I've been all these cool places I wasn't planning on. But I've been wanting to and dying to go to Cape Town, South Africa, for the longest time. Mm -hmm. So for my next trip, I'm planning to do Cape Town, and then I want to drive around Namibia for a little while, and then shoot over to Morocco on the northern side of the continent. Are you going to drive all the way up there? No. <laughs> that would take quite a while. Though I have read some people's stories online who do that. They'll just get like a Jeep and drive through Africa and that sounds unreal. If you if you made if you made that trip alive, like I would I would pay you I don't know. I, I'd give you a prize if you made it far without like dying. <laughs> I get to do a trip and win a prize? <laughs> I don't know. You have to go across like the whole jungle and desert sure. and yeah. So Namibia, that's like kind of what I plan on doing, not throughout all of Africa, but in Namibia. I want to land in uh, the capital and then just get a Jeep. Like you can rent cars like you can most airports. Okay. And I've heard, like there's certain things you want to do. You want to make sure you have a spare tire. You want to make sure you have extra insurance on the car and all of that. Yeah. <laughs> but, and just drive around. And they, they have what's called the Skeleton Coast there and they have safaris and mm -hmm. all sorts of just desert kind of uh, just open roads and stuff, so I think that, that just sounds great and romantic. That'd be pretty awesome. Are you still planning on doing that with someone? or? Yeah, so the plan is to go with my roommate from college, Jay, and uh, just go on an African adventure. Okay. Very nice. Um, this might be kind of a dumb question, but um, what would you say are some of the biggest differences you saw between um, like I would say like I would say anywhere but I'm specifically talking about the cultures that are different or very different from us. So like leaving like the, out Europe basically. Yeah, yeah. Um man, where to start? I can there's definitely a difference in how people interact publicly. I can start with that. So I remember um, in Japan I was I can't remember exactly where, but I asked the restaurant owner or just the person working at the restaurant if they knew how to get to this train station or this other site, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And I expected him to be like, oh yeah, two blocks that way. Or just point in a direction. And that's all I wanted really from him. Twice, not once, but twice. The people working at the restaurants, two different restaurants, mind you, walked out of the restaurant one was like on the third floor, like went all the way down to the ground floor and walked me two and a half blocks to the train station. <laughs> and was like, this is it. Here's your train station. And another guy like walked a couple blocks with me and then pointed and was like, this is it. And I was like, I was blown away. I was floored by how polite this Japanese culture was, which I wouldn't expect that anywhere in the U.S. or in the West at all. In New York? 
No, not quite. Uh, they'll tell you uh, where to go or get out of their way, but not uh, not walk with you. And then in Thailand, um, completely different culture. They have this thing of just being happy, or just politeness for them is showing not showing their emotions and just showing you a happy face. So it was almost a bit strange. Everywhere you go in Thailand, everyone's just smiling. And they just look happy at all times. Which is a little bit of a Stepford Wives almost like, what's going on? Are you all robots sort of thing? And they're not. They're not all happy, but yeah. that's just what it is. Like You keep your things to yourself. When you get home, you can deal with it. But while you're out in public, you don't want to burden anyone else. So, you know, you can really... Right. Do they have uh, Long John Silvers over there? <laughs> uh, of all the questions I expected you to ask, that was not one. <laughs> I heard it was like the best seafood over there, so I wasn't sure. I mean, they're both. I don't know if we're still talking about Thailand and Japan. They're both seafood heavy cultures. Okay. I think Long John Silver's. Though I gotta tell you, KFC is massive in Japan. Unreal. Really? So KFC here, it's like, I mean, it's KFC. Everyone's been there once. It's nothing special. You kind of feel bad after you go, but then you crave it again all of a sudden. <laughs> but it's just not a big deal. But in Japan, um,. KFC is huge. They love KFC. I did some research into it, and I think it was in the 70s or so that KFC did this whole ad campaign in Japan saying that Thanksgiving, no, Christmas. Christmas is KFC, basically, because they're not a Christian culture, so Christmas wasn't big there. And KFC just taught them Christmas is KFC. So if you go to Japan, the thing to do for Christmas is get like a KFC family meal, uh, but you can't just go to the store and order it. You have to call in advance, and then they'll have it prepared and ready to go on Christmas Day. Or you'll spend like hours and hours waiting online. Which <laughs> fun fact about Japan, I never knew. Just like a bucket of chicken. I don't know if they do a bucket or a box <laughs> or whatever, but it's like the special Christmas dinner. Nice. That's a uh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um. Speaking of which, what was your favorite food while you were while you were traveling? And which you mentioned, um, I can't remember which place you said had the best food. Yeah, Japan. Japan was the Japan. most delicious. Okay. Place so I love food just in general. I love cooking. I love eating. It was in the culinary world, different way to experience the world. And um, so while I was in Japan, I think I was there for about two weeks, maybe a little bit more. And I did not stop eating, just nonstop everywhere. Yeah. And of course, you think Japanese food, you think sushi, and it's delicious, it's fantastic. But ramen, you've heard of Japanese ramen, but it's not really a thing in this country, unfortunately. And I was trying to explain to this one Japanese man I met that we have ramen in the U.S., but the only people that eat ramen in the U.S. are poor college students. Yeah. Like it's not an actual meal. And in Japan, like that's one of their types of just food in general like it's normal for them like burgers and pizza it's like sushi and ramen that's so awesome ramen first time i ever had it was there and i just could not get enough it was so good so good huh was it like the same thing where you pick it out of a package and i mean get you get it at a restaurant so i don't know what oh, okay. they're doing behind <laughs> behind the scenes in the kitchen but they bring you out this big bowl and it's got the noodles but <laughs> again ramen here is not at all ramen um, but it is a noodle-based with broth, and 
and you can get like chicken or beef or whatever pork um, that you want on it and there's usually like an egg in it and different types of spices depending on the panorama you got and all sorts of different things yeah it's it's a whole it's a whole amazing delicious incredible food that's awesome um, but also, also Thai food. I love Thai food in the U.S. and um, I thought I kind of knew what it was just in general. Go over to Thailand. Turns out I have no idea what Thai food is. I know the names: green curry, red curry, pad Thai, tom yum soup. But oh, the level of satisfaction you get from eating Thai food in Thailand. I mean, this goes for every country, right? Italian food in Italy is way better than it is here. Um, but it is on a whole different level. I'm just getting so excited and worked up just thinking about it. It's so good. Nice. They had, um, have you been to Little Italy in New York? I have, yeah. Do you think it's like, do you consider it like an actual Little Italy? Because when we're, <laughs> when we're going through there, they said that like all the Italians had already moved out basically. It was kind of like a little, I don't know, it wasn't. There's a, there's certain parts of New York that definitely still have the ethnicity that it's kind of known for. Um, if you go to like Jamaica and Queens, a lot of um, a lot of like Bangladeshi food and Bangladeshi people are still there. If you go to Astoria, there's tons of Greek people, and there's like Little Korea and Flushing and all that. But uh, I don't know about Little Italy as much. That seems like one of the older ones mm-hmm. that, uh, like you said, people probably moved out of. Do you go? Th- Hey, yeah, you, you, you like froze up for a second. I lost you. Okay, yeah. You said something about we're talking about Little Italy, and you're starting to ask a question. Okay. Say go, and I'll ask. Oh, go. Yeah, it's, it's still recording, so you're good. <laughs> okay. Um. We were talking about Little Italy, and then you were like, I think you're asking if I've been somewhere, but I don't know. Oh, uh, have you been to Chinatown? In New York? We we did go through there on a bike tour, and that okay. was that was probably like, the most dangerous place on our like to ride a bike in. I noticed it was like <laughs> everything was like cramped, and uh, there was also like one little um, little like road we went down, and said that like back in the I can't remember if it was in the early nineteenth cent- century or 20th century, so there used to be like a lot of gang violence there, and people would like have like a lot of places to hide because it was kind of like a winding road. And, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but I think I think I kind of uh, know the area. Yeah, you know what was also really cool was the um, it was like the port. It's called the Portal to Old New York. She called it, and it was like the area where um, George Washington had made his final speech before going to retreating to Mount Vernon, retiring to Mount Vernon. Huh. I don't it, know if I know the exact area or like the gate or anything, but that sounds really cool. It looks like it looks like a little area of Boston, almost like an or like a little colonial, like block, basically. Oh, okay. So it's still kept that way. Nice. I, it looks I like, gotta check that out. I haven't even heard of that. Like a couple of the doors have like guns as the handles, which you wouldn't expect to see in New York. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, Dude, that's cool. a cool thing about New York. Like, I grew up there, and I there's just still so much to see and discover. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool place. I mean, I, I love going. I love going there. So. Yeah. Um, well, here's the question I ask all my um, guests on the show. Who's your favorite rapper and why? Well, there are the classics, the greats. 
Are they gonna go with this uh this newer guy? He's like kinda up and coming. His name's uh Steve Friend, I believe. <laughs> killing it, killing it these days. I thought you were gonna say like twenty one savage or something like that. I've heard of that. <laughs> cool. Um so that, that's all I really had, um, question-wise. Um, see, it feels great having you on the show, and uh, thank you for sharing your stories, and I hope that you'll find another way to document this all one day so you can have, like, a book or something to look back on. <laughs> Absolutely. It was a uh, good reminiscing with you. Thank you for listening to the Friend with Benefits podcast. You're darn tootin'.